It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It is 24, sorry, 26 away from nine here on uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Ricardo in for Izzy. And yesterday we had the All Whites play the Socceroos at Eden Park. 35,000 in attendance. I think it's the biggest uh, attendance for a game involving the All Whites in New Zealand. Uh, joining us now is former All White and man who was on commentary for Sky as well, Fred Dion. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, morning, mate. How's things? Yeah, good, good. I know it's a, a long weekend and uh, today's a day off and no, no doubt you, you're actually sitting in the boat with a line in the water as we speak, but you're taking the call, so we appreciate that. <laughs> hard life, Freddie, hard life. Tough, tough life, mate. I wish, man, because I'm just looking outside and she still has, and I'm going, hmm, that wouldn't have been a bad shot. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, no, I'm, uh, I'm just in the process of making my wife breakfast, so... That's all good. Mate. Oh, get those brownie points up, Fred. Get those brownie points up. Exactly, exactly. Mate, what did you make of the game yesterday, Fred? And, the, and I guess the, the the two games, Australia getting the first one one 0 the second one two 0 Are we in a good space? Uh, disappointing, actually. Yesterday, uh, very disappointing. I thought, um, which was uh, which was frustrating because all the ingredients were there for a really good day, and it wasn't. Um, I think we started okay. First half was all right. Um, nil all uh, at the break. And then uh, second half, it sort of unraveled as the game became very unstructured. And across the two two games, I think we thought the game against uh, on in Brisbane, we were much better um, for longer. And um, yeah, but uh, I just, yesterday, I think uh, the overwhelming feeling was that we could have offered a lot more and in the end, we um, we didn't we didn't turn up for the second half and and got overrun. What do you think uh, the reason for that was, Fred? How, how much of it was down to losing Chris Wood when we did in the first half? Yeah, I think that that was a big. Obviously, that's a big blow. But uh, in the fact that of you've lost lost the main striker, but also a real focal point for the attack. And so you take him out and you put Ben Wayne in different type of players. He's always trying to run in behind the defence. Has quite good pace, but. Um, and also likes to run out to the wings a lot. Um, and so he does that, who's in the middle? You know, whereas Chris Wood just stays in the middle the whole time. And so I think um, that things change then. And also I think there's, a, there's um, the, 
the, the issue that the that Danny had with this team um, is that a lot of the players are in really good clubs, really good environments, but they're not playing. So if you go through the team, you know Chris Wood doesn't get much game time. <clears throat> Matt Garbutt doesn't play at all in um, Torino. You know he's a, he's he's a Serie A player, but never plays. Um, Joe Bell not playing much. Libby Kikache never plays. Winston Reid hasn't had a club for years. Um, so you go through the list. All the Phoenix players are in preseason. So no one's actually, you know, on that team yesterday. There aren't many players who are actually playing a lot of game, getting a lot of game time. And I think it showed. Um, players are over dribbling, getting themselves into um, into areas, and then um, running in a, into a cul-de-sac, this sort of thing. And so I think that um, that didn't help the, uh, the the play. I mean, over the over the two games, I think Elijah just really put, um, stood out, and I, and I also thought uh, Marco Stamenic, uh looked really good. And maybe that plays into what you're talking about. Both those guys are playing pretty, maybe not week in week out for their clubs in, in the Danish Super League, but close to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think so. They, they looked uh, you know more comfortable on the ball, um, and I think the, the the big issue yesterday in the second half, the midfield just didn't operate very well. You know, um, the first was Joe Bell and Stamenich. Then it, then it became a three-man midfield with Matt Garbutt dropping in there and three very similar sort of players. But it just that, that Aussie were better in the middle of the park. As the game became more stretched and more unstructured, they took control of the game. And, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a concern because I think Danny's got you know, three of his more favoured players in there and he's got to find a way to get the best out of them. Because, I, I mean, I think Joe Bell's been poor the last three or four internationals but still gets to play the whole time. And I think there's you've got to look at that and go, unless he's playing well, um, then I think he's got to be, he's a potential for, uh, for not starting. Um, and also I think the formation, whether he sticks with a three at the back, I also think playing four at the back yesterday would have, would have given them more freedom and more width. And so, you know, there's, I think there's some things where if you look back at this, these two games from a coaching perspective, um, Maybe you're looking at it going, oh, maybe we can tweak a few things to get ourselves going forward better because ultimately the problem with this team at the moment is they don't score enough goals. And they don't score enough goals against good opposition and that's got to change somehow. How do you, how do you fix that problem, Fred, when you've got Danny Hay sitting on a contract that's got a month to run and New Zealand football on all accounts haven't spoken to him about whether or not they want him to, to continue his tenure? Yeah, well, that's the first thing that needs to be sorted. So, you know, and, and it cuts both ways. You know, New Zealand football might be sitting there going, are we comfortable with Danny for four more years? And, this, and, and the thing is that this is a really good gig now. The all-white job is a great, is one of the, one of the best coaching roles. Better than Mel Meninga's one for the Kangaroos. <laughs> 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 because you're going to go to the World Cup. You know you're going to, you know, there's, there's, unless something unbelievable happens in the islands, you're going to go to the World Cup. And you're going to be a World Cup winner, a World Cup coach, um, in four years' time. So there'll be a lot of people who who look at that. Coaches around the world look at that and go, "Wow, that's a good gig. Um, pays okay, um, not not amazing, but pays okay." But you're going to go to a World Cup. Are you, so, Fred? Are you saying that they're looking elsewhere? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So, so, but you know, you know it's, there might be that that Danny. Well, it cuts two ways. So Danny's got to want to carry on working for New Zealand football, and New Zealand football obviously want to um, have Danny in the seat. So, um, so they, gotta, they have to work that out over the next month. And um, so that, that's the first thing that needs to be sorted. 
um, going forward. Well, and I, th- I think uh, the next thing that needs to be sorted after that is, is more games, right? I know that's the, one of the things yep. that Danny's mentioned he was disappointed about. I mean, we've got a World Cup in November, which means there's, I think, a 10-day window where all the leagues get you know, suspended, take a break uh, for the World Cup. Opportunity to play one or two friendlies against teams um, getting ready for a World Cup and doesn't seem like we've had those conversations yet. No, and I think that's financial. So, um, you, and, and this, is the, this is the issue. You know, there's the ongoing issue at New Zealand football is the, is the financial side of it because it's, it's a very expensive exercise to bring, um, you know, the, to pull the all-whites together. But that's the game. And so... You know, from a New Zealand football perspective, the, the, both the men's and the women's teams need to play as often as possible um, within the budgets that they've got. And so, you know, for, for those decisions to be made, like, way in advance, because you don't know that, may, for example, Japan is a really good example on the women's side. They, they make really good contributions to our flights um, when we play them. Um, so maybe there's some other team that really wants to play us because they have, you know, Tunisia, Denmark, France, they're going to play Australia in the World Cup. They may look at it and go, actually, New Zealand's not a bad shout. Um, they play a similar way, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's why winning these games would have been quite good. Um, so maybe they would help us um, get, a, get some games together. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is disappointing to, that, that, um, that they've come out and said this team will be mothballed till, till March next year. But um, it would be nice if, at that point, there's a program put in place all the way through to the World Cup, well, um, because because we're going, we're, we're mm. going to be going. So, what is it about the schedule? You know, they haven't been down here since 2017 playing, and then all of a sudden they're saying we're going to mothball it for another year. What what is the problem with putting an international schedule together so that we can actually see what games are coming up in the future? It's it's it is tough because you don't know which teams are available when and where. Um, you know, and so all the time it's trying to, trying to look as far ahead as you can and to lock teams in into, um, into the windows. I actually don't think um, that they've put out an international calendar past next year. So FIFA come out with, this is the, these, are the, these are where the windows are all going to be and, and that. And I think, I was talking to someone, and they said that the international calendar hasn't been um, put out past, 2023 which mm-hmm. makes it really hard to plan because you know every there's so much football on now and everyone's like busting to get um, games in every window that it is it becomes very difficult to get good games in in um, uh, in, in years in advance and so yeah it's people go ah you just play this guy and it's like well no they're playing they're all playing in the, you know they've got the nation's cup going on so all the European teams are out so forget about Europe. So now you go, okay, well, let's play South America. Well, South America have got this tournament on. So forget about South America. Okay, let's go to Asia. So this is how it, this is how it works. Mm. You are just, you know, you're taking out entire continents of football and now you have to go to another one. And so, you know, that, that's the difficulty. And then you've got to get in contact with the people. The financial side of it has to be right because you've got to get there with your team, with the, with the airfares, business class, some of them. So it's expensive. Who's paying for what? Who's paying for the hotels? All these sort of things. You know, that's why it is so hard. It's not, it's not a case of, mate, there's only five or six countries playing the game. Let's ring up the guy who you know and used to play with. And, hey, mate, you want a game? Let's, let's, let's check up a, a gig. It doesn't, it's not like that. It's much, much harder.
Fred, I mean, I know there seems to be online a bit of a, a, a split in the New Zealand fan base about uh, whether you, you like what Danny Hayes done with the team or, or you don't. Uh, where are you on that? What do you make of Hayes' tenure so far, and would you keep him in the job if it was up to you? Is the is the team? I, I would I would throw out the question there. Is the team playing better now than it did under the last coach? And if it is, then you'd go. Oh well, he's done a he's done a good job. Um, are the results better than the last coach? Um, so you know, so I think um, I think the the team at the moment um, plays a nice brand of football. Um, they're very good in the, the way they build up build up the play. They they're really good through the middle of the park. They're not so great at the front end um, because we don't score enough goals against decent opposition. Um, so that needs to be fixed. Um, and we. In big games, we don't win, and so um, yeah, that's that's that that would that would be sort of an over overall view of the team right now. Um, but I have I think they have made progress under Danny. So you know the the brand of football is easy on the eye, and I think that's um, that's a credit to him and the way he's approached um, the development of this team. And so yeah, I think that's is is there a better coach out there? who's free and wants our, uh, to coach the New Zealand team, maybe. Um, and do you throw it open and ask Danny to reapply? But that's, or do you just bite the bullet and say, Danny, yep, you're good. But there might be other stuff in the background that we don't know about that, that mm. could be causing issues. You don't know. Mm. You never know this un- un- unless you're working in the environment and, um, yeah, and are in, in their day-to-day. I mean, Chris Wood's been unequivocal in his backing for Danny and calling for you know New Zealand football to re-sign him. I guess if you're going to defend Danny uh, against you know sort of like not scoring enough goals, you do look at the players with, he's been missing. You know, no Sarpreet, of course, who I think has been pivotal playmaker uh, with that pelvic injury he's had. Ryan Thomas is another guy you know played at the top level in Holland, hasn't been available for a long time. Even uh, in midfield depth, no Clayton Lewis because his injuries are for these two games against. Australia, uh, how much of a break do you have, Danny, on that? Yeah, I think that's that's valid. Um, although, on counter to that, you, you've been missing these guys for a long time, and so you know the, you, you haven't been able to count on them. So I think um, you know you got to find then you got to find another way. I think the the, the the thing with the goal scoring, two two parts of that. I said this yesterday. Um, you got to maximise what Chris Wood does. So you've got to give him the ball. Like we saw it yesterday. Classic, classic example was yesterday. Aussie with Mitch Duke. Similar sort of player. Now, now Mitch Duke was good yesterday. You know, threw himself about. Um, but um, they found a way to deliver a ball into the box for Mitch Duke to get up and just smash it in with his head. Mm. Um, you know, that was the turning point of the game. Because up until then, it had been pretty even. But that was, you know, they found a way to get a, a perfect cross. Mitch Duke in the box, bang, goal. And we need to do the same with Chris Wood. Um, and secondly, you need someone else to step up and score some goals um, because you can't just rely on one guy. So you, the, way, the way you play your football has to create opportunities. And I think yesterday that was, that was a case of that. We didn't, we didn't create enough. Um, we, had op- we sort of had half chances where we looked good. We were on the side of the, side of the penalty box. And it's that final ball where you're trying to pick out someone and it's a pass into the goal. Um, Aussie did that on two or three occasions. Marco Tilio should have should have scored at the end of the first half. Man, it was a classic miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, they they found that they get in the box and they slip a ball in, 
we get in the box and we pass to them. So, you know, that final ball. And I think part of that is that the fact that the guys aren't playing much. Mm. Yeah, yeah, nicely, nicely said, Fred. I thought Alex Grieve actually looked pretty good when he came on. He made a bit of a difference in the second half. Um, yeah, put himself energy, about. Yeah, energy and that, but you need more than that. Mm. Yeah, what, what, what about that. what about the loss of Winston Reid and his career? Obviously, fantastic. Um, you're talking about opportunities. Who replaces him? Yeah, that's a big that's a big question because you know um, I think as everyone was saying, we know we've had this long line of really good defenders. Um, you know, Premier League level defenders, and now that that production line stopped, uh, and so yeah, there's there's some big big gaps there. I think Michael Boxall is the obvious one. I thought he was really good on Thursday at Brisbane, very strong. Um, you know, did, uh, dealt with that role really well. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about Nando Painacker, but he's got to take some. You know, he he gives the ball away too much, too easy sometimes by trying to overplay. So if he takes that out of his game, he's a good player. Bultu Loma's in there. So these, this is the back three that you'd look at um, to carry on at the moment. Um, but you know, there, there is a big opportunity for a, a young centre-back to really step out of the shadows now and, um, and, and get an all-white strip. So, yeah, we'll, just, we'll, we'll see. You know, Finn Sermon's name's been tossed around. Not sure he's ready for that yet, but you know, there's, there will be some because we're pretty good at de- um, developing centre-backs. Yeah. Always have been. Yeah, good stuff, Fred. All right, mate. Hey, listen, I know the second half in the Netherlands, Belgium's just kicked off. Uh, you want to be sitting down for that and make sure Mrs. Breakfast isn't be... getting cold. <laughs> What's the score, man? It's nil all. Just kicked off second half. Excellent, mate. That is the next 45 minutes sorted. And the, Fre- and the French are getting towed up 2-0 by Denmark. Oh, that's a big result. This Nations Cup, man. What a good concept, by the way, just quickly. Really good concept. It'd be great if they did that worldwide. Because you'd get away with, you'd get rid of all the friendlies, and you'd sort out. You'd, everyone would be playing competitive games all the time, every window. It'd be awesome. Yeah, mate, fantastic, mate, fantastic. Don't let that coffee get cold, Fred. Go well, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, boys. Cheers, Fred. Uh, Fred De Jong with us. Good it is uh, nine away from nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.